What is up, Arizona? Welcome to the Arizona Small Ball Podcast, where we discuss one of the hidden gems in Arizona, high school basketball. Here we talk about everything small ball, and as coaches in the Valley, we understand that these guys don't get enough love or recognition. We talk about scores, coaches, teams, and players all at Arizona Small Ball. It is Wednesday, May the 12th, and we hope you guys all had a great Mother's Day. I uh, hope you guys showed some love to your families. Reyes, I know you didn't forget about Mother's Day. Oh, definitely, Coach. If I did, my mom would have beat me up. Me she would have killed you, I'm sure. She would have killed me. This podcast would have been just you by yourself. <laughs> hey, big shout out to all the moms out there. Thank you guys for everything you do. You guys are the real MVPs. We are so excited to talk about our way too early top 10 for the two-way. But before we do that, NFHS Executive Director Carissa Nyoff released an article that is an interesting read if you haven't checked it out on AIAonline.org. Uh, here's the title of the article. It says, regardless of future direction, multiple sports activities is the best choice. And in this article, she talks about the importance of playing multiple sports opposed to specializing in just one sport in high school. Obviously, she's writing this because it looks like there's going to be a lot more opportunities opening up because of COVID next year. We don't know if we're being honest with all the changes that could happen. You know, that's kind of why she's talking about this. Reyes, I know you played multiple sports in high school. What are some of the ways that you felt like it benefited you? Uh, for me personally, like playing multiple sports, it kept me on my toes, like grade wise, you know what I'm saying? Because I played football and basketball. And so football is right at the beginning of the season. So I had to make sure my grades were like, okay, and good enough, you know, to make sure I'm eligible to play. And then right after that, boom, basketball. Mm. So I got to make sure I'm, my grades are good enough for both seasons. Sure. So I'm pretty much covered for the, you know, half of the year, for the full semester, pretty much just my grades. Um, Playing multiple sports, too, also, like... Can we talk about this very quick stereotype? Since you were a football player, does that mean that you fouled like crazy in basketball? <laughs> no, no, it, it doesn't. <laughs> it, there's some people, like, I was a late bloomer when it, when it come, when, when coming to play with football. Um, I started a little bit later. I started in eighth grade. And so I've been playing basketball, like, my whole life. And so pretty much when I started football, I, I my footwork was already pretty much there because of basketball. Mm. So, I mean, playing both sports really helped me because... On the football field, man, you know, it's a grind. The conditioning's different. You know, you're running 100 sure, yards sure. compared to, like, running inside the gym. Uh, the weight, you're hitting the weight room a little bit different than compared to, like, you know, basketball training and stuff like that. So, like, strength, mobility, and even just, like, my endurance was just a little bit better. I felt like for me personally, you know, for football, and it translated to basketball and vice versa for basketball, you know, coming to football. So, yeah, like that, like those are some beneficial ways to play multiple sports, you know, definitely like, you know, you're like you can improve and learn new skills that you never thought you had, but you uh, they just come up, you know, just by playing multiple sports. Yeah, I think the mental benefits of multiple sports are way underrated, too, because oh. everything you said is true that, you know, physically it helps you with a different type of conditioning. You're hopefully avoiding overuse injuries of using the exact same muscles multiple times and, and just so much throughout the year. Exactly. It's so good to take a break. Uh, I actually just had a conversation with one of our student athletes about a week ago, and you're listening to this, you know who you are, but they're talking about thinking about specializing in a specific sport. And I think that the mental benefits of playing multiple sports are way underrated. What I mean by that is quality over quantity, right? That when you're just doing one thing for all year, and you never have that mental and, and physical brain break, 
that you don't even realize it, but your workouts for that specific sport that you're trying to specialize in, you don't even realize it, but your workouts are not as intense. They're not as great as they could be. And you just kind of going through this monotonous type of thing that is not as effective as it would be if maybe you were playing multiple sports in that sense. So I thought that was kind of interesting. And she also in this article threw out some stats. Listen to these stats. They're pretty crazy from this year's NFL draft. Of the 32 first-round picks, 27 played one additional sport other than football in high school. Wow. 10 of the 32 played two other sports. There's actually one individual who played five different sports, right? Like, that's craziness. We all probably have kids who want to try and specialize in sports. If they're saying that they just need to focus on one sport to be successful, it's just it's not true. There are some people who specialize in that. But there's also some people who do multiple sports and are very, very successful. Here's some names of some big-time athletes that did not specialize in their sport in high school. Patrick Mahomes. Yep. Tom Brady. Mm -hmm. The GOAT, maybe. Aaron Rodgers. Bo Jackson. Alex Rodriguez. AI. Allen Iverson. He's awesome. The answer. LeBron James. I mean, just a lot of really good players that didn't have to specialize to be really successful in their main sport. No, definitely. And following up with that coach, it helps kid. It helps you in recruiting kids, you know, students that are listening to this, like it helps when you're recruiting, you know, college coaches love kids that play multiple sports because it shows them that you're not one dimensional, that you're able to do two things. You know what I'm saying? Like you might be pretty good at basketball, but who knows, you might excel at track and get a track scholarship. You know what I'm saying? True. That's what I'm saying. So like, you just never know, like oh, playing another, like playing multiple sports opens up so much more avenues for you to further attend your college and athletic careers. So take note to that, students. She also said something in her article that I know would have made my wife laugh. She said this, quote, for many students, the experience of playing on a high school team may be the most positive aspect of their lives, end quote. Shout outs to you, Jen. I hope you know that high school sports was not the most positive aspect of my life. Just wanted to throw that out there. Kids really benefit from taking some time away from their main sports and doing something else. We got our way too early top 10 for the 2A coming up next. But first, check this out. There are a lot of really competitive teams in the 2A. So this was honestly pretty tough to, to come up with our top 10, uh, our way too early preseason top 10. If you remember, we talked about the 3A preseason top 10, and there was 70 seniors that graduated from the 2020-2021 season from that ending top 10 class. Not even close to that in the 2A. Uh, there's about 40, give or take a few seniors graduating from the top 10 of last year in the 2A. So it's not as much of a drop off with the 3A. I really feel like the, the name of the game is opportunity. There's so many people leaving. There's opportunities for kids. There's opportunities for, for coaches, for players, just everybody. Uh, here, not as much, but there's still going to be some opportunities, which, which we'll see. It's important to note this as well. Teams that did not participate in the 2020-2021 season are excluded from this list. It's just too big of a gap to accurately gauge where a team is at. J just a couple intro things before we get started. Ray, are you ready to jump in? I'm ready. Let's do it, Coach. We thought pretty differently about this. We, sh it, I know. After hearing our, I, it's kind of weird, man. That we're a little off, but I like it. You know, it's good for it's good for that. I do. I, I love it too. It's awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna start us off with number ten. What I've got for my way too early preseason uh, top 10 for the two-way, I've got Pima coming in at number 10 here. And Pima actually lost some really key players 
uh, that graduated, they actually lost, and I was watching one of their games. I forget who I was watching it against, but they lost their whole starting five. And they lost some really big kids that were really competitive, really, really good. They returned some good players and have some really good ones coming up. They've got three players on JV. They're number 31, number 32, and number 33. It's kind of funny how they're all in order like that. But they are just massive. I don't, if I could guess their height, they might be like six, seven, maybe. Yeah. They just, and you know how cameras are deceiving. Like you watch a team and on film and you think they look massive and they're not. But, but these guys look pretty big, pretty long. Just in their JV squad, they have a lot of tall, strong, wiry kids coming up. Also, I think their JV was undefeated. Uh, their their Scottsdale Christian game was not listed, so maybe just one loss. I'm I'm not sure why that wasn't listed. You know, with COVID, it could have got canceled. But they should be able to continue their aggressive, hard-nosed defensive philosophy. I mean, they just compete so hard on defense. They compete really well. Also, they should be able, with all the size coming up, even though they did lose some size, they should be able to continue punching the ball inside, which is really what they love to do as an offensive philosophy. So I've got Pima in that 10 spot. Great team. They're going to be really fun to watch this year. I agree with you wholeheartedly, Coach. But, like I said, I like <laughs> But I don't. <laughs> but I don't. Let's just take a quick break because I have St. John's at number 10. Last year they finished number 12. But, I mean, if you go back and look at their schedule, Coach, I mean, they, they played and beat some pretty tough teams. You know, they beat Sholo twice. May I mention, you know what I'm saying? It's a good one. They had a couple of close games of Holbrook and uh, Pima and Miami. Pima's in their region, actually, you know what I'm saying? They played it pretty close. What I really like about St. John's is, though, it's almost kind of like Pima. They're kind of long, little athletic, just kind of kids, you know what I'm saying? They play really mm -hmm. hard. They're, I mean, they're a football school. Let's just mention that right now. Like They're a football, baseball school, but the kids that the coach gets to – have them come out for basketball, man. They compete really hard. They got a couple of guards that can shoot the ball pretty well, actually. So they didn't really lose a lot, too, on the senior side of things. So that's why I have them creeping into the top 10. One of my favorite things about St. John's by far, and for those of you who competed against St. John's, you know this better than I do. There was a, you know, we all were trying to figure out what to do with masks. Yep. There was a kid at St. John's. I don't remember who it was or what his number was. Yep. But instead of just putting a mask on, he took a gator and this kid full on pulled it all the way over his face and cut holes so that way he could see through this gator. And I thought that was just the funniest thing. I, man, that could have been anybody under there. Guy, guy could have been like, I don't know, he could have been like 28 or something. If we're all we was, I thought that was hilarious, man. Pulled that gator over his head. And I was like, what is he doing? How could he even breathe? And that's another reason why St. John's goes number 10 because of their creativity. <laughs> um, with that, you know, moving on to number nine, I have Chandler Prep at number nine. And the reason why is because, Coach, like we both know, like we were able to watch Chandler Prep a little bit in the playoffs and stuff like that against mm. Scott. And now while that game wasn't as close as, like, most people probably thought it would be, Coach, they play a tough schedule. I mean, they play in Veritas. They play North Valley Christian. They got Santan Charter, Horizon Honors, Rancho, PCD, Sequoia Charter. Like, they got a really tough schedule, and they competed fairly well, Coach. I they mean, did they, compete really well. I mean, they went 10-5 and five overall. Like, they got a couple of good wins. You know what I'm saying? They played Rancho fairly tight to a close game. You know, they played, they lost an OT, but mm -hmm. still, you know, to Rancho, like, that's not a knock. That's pretty good. You know, they have a couple good wins over Horizon Honors. And when I looked at the roster, Coach, I mean, I think they're losing four or five seniors. But they still have two guards. I already forgot their name and number. I think it's one of them is number three. They still have him. He can shoot the ball, can dribble really well, handle it. 
I think he'll be able to lead the team next year. And like, you know, I said, hold that nine spot and possibly, you know, compete for a state championship. You know, Chandler prep could be that sleeper in that division. Just watch out. I like Chandler prep a lot. And yeah, I think they, they lost some, some players for sure, but I really think they lost one kid who was in their starting lineup. That was kind of a big score for them. Not that the other kids weren't significant, but they're going to have a lot of kids with some experience coming back. Uh, for sure. So I have them in the top 10 as well, just not at number nine. At my number nine spot, I have Phoenix Country Day. Mm. And I like Phoenix Country Day a lot. They had a big loss in Will the Thrill. Uh, he was averaging in the high 20s. He was really their motor that really made them go. He was a tough and physical player. He was just a force, man. He had them running on a really, really high level. They lose some other good players as well, like some guard players. But they do return some some solid guard play along with their big Tanti Feli. I probably messed up your name, dude, and I'm so sorry. But he's 6'5", and his improvement from his sophomore year to his junior year was huge. I mean, he was way more competitive his junior year. So I think he's going to be able to step in and make a really, really good role. He is the, the way the PCD usually initiates their offense is just through a simple down screen and seal for him. So I think that they're going to be able to utilize that a lot more. Uh, Coach Lewis does a really great job over there and really gets his kids playing at a very competitive level every single year. I like PCD in that nine spot. I have them a little bit lower because they did lose Will the Thrill and they didn't have a JV squad this past year. So there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve for some of those kids. And again, just like we talked about the 3A, it's just a different year with groups not having as many reps with their kids. I totally agree, Coach. I totally agree with that. Okay, and then coming in at the 8th spot, I've got Miami. I really like Miami. Specifically, I like one of their guards, and we'll talk about Escobedo here in a second. But they lost a really good guard, Tanner Peary, I think it was. But he averaged 19 points a game. He was like their little guard that they ran almost everything for. Uh, they returned Gabe Escobedo, who was averaging about 21 points per game. He's a really, really nice player. He's about 6'1", but he's pretty long and has a nice feel for the game more than a shooter and we'll talk about that in a second but he's a really good slasher and he's a pretty good attacker off the bounce he's got to improve his shot from beyond the arc if he's going to be a, a really big offensive leader for this team he's got to improve that but i think he will they also return a big and matt riddle who's six four average about 11 a game i see both of these players really really improving into next year and being able to lead their team. They also have some other kids that have some great potential to get better that they're going to have to improve because their offense is predicated on on-ball screens and fade screens. Gabe Escobedo and their other guard who is now gone would trade out running the point guard every now and then. So there's going to be some other guards that have to step up into that role so that way Gabe Escobedo can kind of play off the ball a little bit. But I like Miami. I think they're going to compete really well. I like them in that eight spot. No, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I agree with you so much that my number eight it is actually Miami too. Just for reasons like you said, I know, right? There's a similarity right there. One of the few. Yeah, well, I mean, there's a few, but who knows? We'll see. But like I said, number eight for Miami, just all the other reasons why you said, you know, Matt Riddle, Escobedo, I just felt they can be a dynamic duo in this two-way. It can really make a tear, make a real run at this and, you know, stay at that top ten. They finished number nine, so we're really just moving them up one space. But – like I said, you know, you look at the players they have and, like, the chemistry. You know, this offseason is going to be really huge for them to build their chemistry a little bit more and stuff like that. So, hopefully, we get to catch some summer games. You know, hopefully, coaches, you know, shout out, send us their film and scores and stuff like that. We want to dissect it all. Yeah, I, I like Miami. They had some pretty good wins. They had a tough loss in Santan Charter, but they lost by seven, coach. 
And that's yeah. one thing that I really like, that this team can go. They can play a little bit. They're tough. They're gritty. Moving on, though, to number seven, I have PCD. So I have Phoenix Country Day. And like you said, Will the Thrill was a huge, I mean, huge loss, Coach. We're, if we're being completely honest, like. He was a stud, man. He was a stud, man. He was tough. Will the Thrill, gosh, you never get tired of hearing that, don't you? It sticks to you. But like I said, even though they didn't have a JV team, like I said, their coach, I feel like is pretty good at adapting. You know what I'm saying? They still have their big. So they'll be able to work around him a little bit more. I remember they had a couple guards actually that were fairly young. I think they had like a freshman or a sophomore. I don't remember. Right. I remember the grade exactly, but we saw him play a little bit and he wasn't too bad. You know, it comes with experience. You know what I'm saying he had a whole year of varsity experience. So he'll be able to come back and, you know, be able to, work on his game a little bit they got to work on their outside shot though coach especially for that big maybe he because he's not as big he's probably about six six he stretched the floor a little bit you know what i'm saying with his outside game pcd could be a pretty tough you know what i'm saying stay hard stay hard and um stay at that number seven seed yeah they're going to be tough moving forward and they're going to be interesting because yeah like we're saying coach lewis does a great job there and my seven spot i've got chandler prep mm. and you know i really really Watching their JV squad, they've got – and just their whole team as a whole, their culture, they don't blow you away. When you watch them, they're not super athletic. Uh, they, they don't have one kid who's going out there dropping like 20 or 21 points a game. They're just really patient. They run some good stuff. They run a lot of screening action. On their JV level, they've got two kids, number 20, number 22 coming up. These are some players that look like they can really step into that system and run some really good stuff. They just they, they've they've really got to get better with some defensive competing wise. Yes, uh, they've got to compete harder on defense if they want to compete with some of those top level tier teams. They run some really good continuity offense as well. They ran this one thing that I saw that I really liked. It was a dribble handoff to the wing and then a skip pass into a UCLA cut and then attack off that. And, and they also just have a really aggressive zone defense. I can see them really getting better into next year for sure. I like Chandler Prep. Again, they don't blow you away, but when I watch them competing with teams later on in the season, they started to compete pretty well. Scottsdale was just tough last year, but a lot of those kids are coming back, and they're going to have some really, really good returners. I like that. Okay, I like that. Moving on to number six, I've got Santan Charter. Now, they definitely lose a lot. They lost a lot of really good players. They obviously lost Coach Freeman. Shout out to you, Coach Freeman. We had you on the show. You're the bomb. They lost a lot, but they do have some good kids coming up. Chris Johnson and Bo Burns are tough JV kids coming up. I can see them getting better. Their JV squad was not as athletic as their varsity was last year. I mean, their varsity just was loaded with athletes. But the JV team competed really hard, and they competed as – like they were just dogging teams. I think I watched this past week, I think I watched like three JV teams, three JV games with Santan, and they were just dogging everybody. They just get after it. So I think that – I see them moving up and really making that transition a little bit easier. Um, they have to find more consistent ways to score the ball because they just lost so much talent. I can see some more sets in their offense, but I still see them as being one of the top teams in the two-way. They will be led by Kyrie Rich and Isaiah Martin. Yep. Those two players are returning, and they're tough. They're really good players. They're both electric guards that can attack the basket. They can play some defense. They have both got to improve their outside shooting, though. Definitely. That is going to be a must for them, particularly in that Final Four game. One of the things that gave Scottsdale Christian an edge was sagging their defense. You know, all, all in all, Santan Charter has got to do a better job of shooting the basketball. That's got to be a point of emphasis for them next year. 
No, I totally agree with that, Coach. And for me, for number six, I have Pima. Now, while you had Pima at number 10, I believe, correct? I have them at number six. I had him at 10, yeah. The reason why I have Pima so high, and just like you said, all the mentioned before, like they're going to be a top 10 team regardless, but the reason why I have them at six is because you also – I mean, like they said, they, they're always going to have big guards, bigs. So, you know, they're going to have kids that are 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, you know, 6'4". I don't know what they have than drinking found at Pima High School or anything like that. <laughs> For some reason, Coach, Pima is always just a big team, like regardless. Big guards, just big everything, you know. When that, and that's not really a problem, but you have to look at the region as well, too. Usually throughout the years, if I re- remember my research, I think the past, like, four years, Coach, Pima's always within the top three. Just sure. They yeah. always just run through their region. And that's not a knock on any other team. It's just that's just what it is. You know, the stats don't lie. Pima's just running through the region. They usually handle their conference play pretty well, you know what I'm saying? So just based off of that, that's why I have Pima number six. It's just because – if, you know, if the book's going to keep reading itself and stuff like that, Pima should be able to, you know, roll through their region and then, you know, earn their sixth spot. Now, yeah, they've got really tall, wiry kids. Like, I don't know. Like, it's like what you said. I don't know. They just keep turning them out like that. So I don't know what the 80s, like, feeding them over there. I don't know what they got back. <laughs> I don't know the cafeteria ladies feeding them at the lunch, you know. But, hey, it works, right? It works. Keep it doing works. it, Pima. Keep doing it, Pima. Um, and like I said, for, so for number five, I have Santan. I have Santan at five. Just pretty much what you said, the returning players, their JV kids that they're going to bring up and stuff like that. Even though they lost Coach Freeman, like I said, shouts out to Coach Freeman. We love you, man. It's great to have you on. I just like I just like their tenacity and just the way they play. You know what I'm saying? Like I They said, get after it, man. They get after it. They're so fun to watch on defense. You know what I'm saying? Now, like you said, to really compete in any division or any game, like you got to be able to knock down some threes. So that's what's holding me back from putting Santana a little bit higher. That's why I feel like number five does its justice because – they're still improving for them to, you know, work on their shot off this offseason. Hopefully come come playoff time, you know, we get to see them in that top five seed and hopefully they're knocking down some shots. So that's why I'm at number five. Yeah, and I think for me, when I think about all these teams in the top ten, I think that Santan Charter is probably the most – they've got the most dogs on their squad, you know. Dogs, coach. Dogs. They, they just get after it on defense and they're pretty tough. Yeah, they're fun to watch. They're a great team to watch, man. I, I like – I do enjoy – it was fun watching them this season too, to be honest. I love it my five spot i've got benson mm. and i i really like benson for, for a couple reasons number three and number one are coming up from jv and they will be really good additions to the team their whole starting five is underclassmen that's a huge thing and they're pretty balanced there's not one kid that is a massive standout which is really tough to defend they were kind of disappointing in big games last year so i'm that's i'm awesome. really looking for their young kids to get better and be a lot more competitive next year against those top tier teams in the 2a they've got to be more competitive and consistent on defense i think that comes with experience and experience you know the question for that coaches ask all the time how do i get my players to to really care about defense and to be more consistent and to box out they've got to lose when you lose, that's what really shows you what you've got to do. So I think that losing is going to help them be more competitive moving forward into this next year. They really do a lot of aggressive pressure in the full court. They run some dribble drive offense, which you know, we both love dribble drive offense. But they have also got to find different ways to initiate their dribble drive, like a ball screen or with a guard to guard pass or a dribble handoff and, and really emphasizing back cuts. I think that's a way they could get better. But I like Benson. At that five spot, if they can really learn to compete with that top-level tier of team in the 2A. 
And like you were saying, even though I don't have Benson in my top five or in my top 10, like it, my only reason was because, like I said, I look at their schedule. And like I said, they do have tough players. And even if they lost a little bit, just in those big games or against like ranked opponents and stuff like that, they just didn't perform to my liking. And that's why I had them off. I got them. I'm believing, man. I'm believing wholeheartedly. They got it this coming Prove year. Prove me wrong, Benson. Prove me wrong. <laughs> coming in at number four for me at my four spot. I've got Arizona Lutheran Academy. I really like this team a lot. And I think this is the year that they have to make that jump to being really competitive and really competing for that final four spot. They lost three seniors, but they return a lot of great players. They will be led by Tanner. I'm going to butcher your name. Plitsuet? I don't know how to say his name. I'm not going to try it again. But he averaged 16 points per game. Eight rebounds, two assists, two steals. How tall is this kid? Do you remember how tall he is? Uh, he's about six three now, six four. He's he's tall. He's super long. Guess yep. what his three point percentage was last year? Uh, he, I, I'd give him grace 43 percent. Okay. That's a guy that can knock down a shot. Yeah, and and the thing is, is on his team, he was the one who took the most threes on his team. So he was a high-volume shooter, really good percentage. He's just really tough. I like him a lot as a player. He's a player to watch this year along with ALA. Draper, number 10, or or Draper is coming in with averaging 10 points a game for assists. He's going to help lead that team. And they also have a number of kids that contribute and help carry the load. They've got some great kids coming up, too, from JV. Uh, They had some tough games last season that are big experience games for them that I think are really valuable. They played against Northwest. They played a bit against Scottsdale Christian, against Rancho, Camp Verde. And this will give them great experience from last year moving into this year and help them make that jump into that top-tier level of the 2A. For me, my number four actually is Trivium. I had Trivium prep at number four. Oh, quick shout. That reminded me. Uh, shouts out to August Hubbard, you know, from Trivium Prep. He graduated 2021. He committed to Buena Vista University, which is an NCAA Division III school out in Storm Lake, Iowa. So, you know, shouts out to you, August. You know, congratulations. All your hard work paid off. And congrats on making it to the next level, man. We That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. Anyways, back to what we were talking about. Like I said, Trivium Prep, for me, I like them. Like I said, they've so far the past, like, what, three years, they've been around that, like that that top five team you know what I'm saying and they've made a jump and even though they like I said they lose a kid like August Hubbard they lose like they're big you know they're they're just a nitty-gritty team they're really coached well by coach Nelson I think he does a really great job over there at Trivium uh their boys really get after it on defense they their offense is pretty solid honestly coach I kind of like what they do a lot of screen action too a lot of motion they have some kids they have some quick guards you know that that can knock down some threes, you know what I'm saying? That's one thing to look out for when you're watching Trivium. They can shoot the ball fairly well. And they do always, like I said, but they always do have like that big presence, you know what I'm saying? Like they're able to work around the ball. They're able to work inside. So that's nice. They have a couple of upcoming guards that are going to be coming up and stuff like that. So it's going to be fun to watch Trivium. And that's why I have them at number four. They're going to be a tough squad this year. They'll be a really tough squad. Now, just to flip-flop you, what we just talked about, I have ALA, which is Arizona Lutheran Academy. I have them at number three. Feel like this is the year for them if they want to be serious like this is the year to be serious you know what i'm saying this is a great opportunity them for them to really make their mark and to really put a stamp on their program and just be like hey like we're ready for that next jump because like i said they played against all those tough teams coach and it, it wasn't like they were getting blown out not they, even they, close they were within like five to six points coach so that's just comes with experience you know what i'm saying and by then hopefully you know 
instead of losing by five to six, you know, they're winning by five to six, you know, just from experience, just from getting better on practice and everything like that. So that's why I really like ALA at number three in the two way. Yeah, their game against Northwest Christian was 43-34. So they're just kind of right there. Northwest Christian, those of you who who do remember this, I mean, Northwest Christian upset Winslow in the first round of uh, the 3A tournament. So really, really great, great squad. I think they're going to do some great things moving forward. I agree. My number three spot is for Trivium. They did lose a lot with uh, with Hubbard and Giannis. They both averaged a good bit of points. But they will be led by one of the best point guards to a Jasper Zamora. Yep. He will not blow you away on the stat sheet. He kind of reminds me a little bit of Xavier Mike from uh, Fountain Hills mm-hmm. in the 3A. But I really love the way this kid plays. He's very experienced. And he's been in some really, really good situations, some good teams, some pressure situations. He's just competed in the tournament a lot. He's a great player. And although they lost some good kids, Trivium did, they are returning four kids, Willingham, Williams, Bruggerman, Roberts, that are pretty balanced and have a couple good kids coming up as well from JV. They really, and this is my big thing with Trivium because I do like them. I like Jasper Zamora a lot. They really fell short in big games last year. Yeah. They competed a lot better against Rancho in the playoffs, which was a huge positive for them, even though that was like an ugly game to watch. I think they're going to get better and better. And as they get better, they'll be very competitive this year. I really like one of their offensive sets as well. Their, their point guard passes to the wing and then UCLA cuts. The screener sets an on-ball screen to the strong side wing, and then the cutter comes off a double screen out to the opposite corner with some options coming out of the attack from that screen and roll in the wing. So they, they've got some really great options. They've got some really great sets. And I think that these kids being more experienced moving up, I think that they could compete really, really well. Now, what's tough for them, is their region, Scottsdale and all that. I mean, that, that's a tough one to be in. If I remember, I think Trivium is in Scottsdale's region, but but they're really, really competitive. I think they're going to be in a really good spot next year. Trivium is actually in ALA's region. That's what it was. Oh, gotcha. That makes, yeah, he's got flip-flop. He's got flip-flop. That's all Trivium right. and ALA is going to be a great matchup in their region as well, though. That's going to be that's going to be a fun game to watch, well, actually. That's going to be definitely one of our games to watch. Well, if you don't remember, like, last year or this past season, they've met in state. And, like, even, although Trivium had the upper edge against, you know, ALA moving on the Rancho, you know, they did meet. I mean, that, that's, like, what, three times a year they see each other? So, geez, man. So, sure. hopefully. That's, that's going to be some fireworks to watch, man. Uh, we know about seeing teams three times in one year, huh? Yes, we do. Oh, gosh. Okay, moving on before we start crying. Up to the two spot. I And the number one and two spot is where we disagree. Yes. And, and I really like it because this is just going to be a fun matchup again because I know we're going to see it again. Scottsdale Christian, I have at number two. I'm a huge fan of Scottsdale Christian. I'm a huge fan of Coach Anderson, but they've got some big losses and big holes to fill. Matthew Fan, Jacob E. Cray, Ryan Olinger, Drew Zittle. These are all key players that are leaving. They also return a lot of really great players. They're going to be led by Garrison Sherman, Braden Wales, and Michael Fan. Yep. We're going to we're going to see Michael Fan coming past Matthew. I'm calling it. It's going to be great. But with Coach Anderson, I think they're going to be right there again. I can see there being a learning curve with some of these younger players coming up, but not by much. It's just it's a winning culture, man, and they're going to be competitive no matter who they lose, no matter where they at. They had big wins over Northwest, Fountain Hills, Gilbert Christian. Those are all top 10 teams in the 3A. I really like them. I have them at two just because I kind of see them having a little bit of a learning curve with some new guards, but they're still going to be super competitive. No, I totally agree with you like that, Coach. But 
like you said, as we are, as we do differ. But you don't totally agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, for me, number two, I have Rancho at number two. And just just because, like you said, just because, well, obviously we both know, so obviously you have Rancho number one. I have Scottsdale number one. But the reason why I have Rancho number two is because of what Scottsdale is bringing back. You just mentioned Garrison Sherman, the other fanboy, their big Brandon Wells, Braden Wells, like coach. We like we got to see a lot of great players, man. Great players, you know what I'm saying? The way that a coach runs his offense, the system, the culture they have at Scottsdale, it's just really tight knit. You know what I'm saying? They're all about family and community over there. I just really like their chances, you know, again, let's just say because you know they did handle it. So that's why I have Scottsdale number one. But for me, the reason why I have number two, and don't sleep on Rancho. It's just I just have Scottsdale being the top dog in the two-way just for this season, you know. Prove me wrong, Rancho. But like I said, you know, Rancho is also bringing back some tough kids, you know what I'm saying? They, they're bringing back number 11. I don't you remember him, Anthony Willis. He was a junior last year. He was a kid that was able to light it up from the three, has a nice take. He's a pretty good-sized kid. I think he's about like 6'2", 6'1", 50, quick. Like I said, he can shoot from the outside, able to finish in the inside. They, um, they have a couple. They do have their 6'7 kid, you know, Michael Dienes. I hope I said that right. I hope I didn't butcher him. You know he's only a junior. He's going to be a senior this year. So he's six seven. He's going to be a big presence for them. You know what I'm saying? Like they have a couple of kids probably going to come up from the JV. That's going to help them up. So that's why I have Rancho. You know, they're they're not a sleeper, man. Rancho's tough, man. Good program overall. Really great coach by uh, Aaron Trigg. You know, shout out to you, Coach Trigg. Um, it's just going to be fun to watch for the two-way. I totally agree with, with it being super fun to watch and it being really competitive. I've got Rancho in my one spot. And the reason I've got Rancho in my one spot is, I mean, man, they had Scottsdale beat, man. They played such a great game. And the only person that they lost punches, I think it's Evan punches, but they return everybody else. They return Noe Vargas, 15 points a game, six rebounds a game, two assists, 1.6 steals a game. And their big Ramos, who's only a junior coming into next year, 13.5 points a game, seven rebounds, really versatile players. These guards are only going to get better. I think they're going to be really hungry to get some revenge from last year and, and to really just step into that role. And they're going to be hungry. They're going to be experienced. I mean, I think it's going to really help them work harder in the offseason. I mean, think about it, man. You lose in that championship game like that, it's going to motivate you to work so hard for next season. So I think I got Rancho in that one spot because of their lack of losing people. And because of that drive, that it's going to make them move even further forward with that. Definitely, Coach, definitely. And like I said, it was – I mean, this was tough. This was fun, Coach, like I said, because we were bouncing back between – It was fun, man. It was tough. We, yeah, we were bouncing back between Scottsdale and Rancho. And like I said, for all, for many reasons, you know what I'm saying, they're both really great programs. All the – you know, shout out to all the 10 teams that we were able to cover. But, man, like, those top two, that's that's a toss-up. That's a coin flip. You know, you never – you don't know you don't know what you're going to get, but – Whoever it is at the end of the season, come playoff time, we won't be surprised. We want you guys to write in and tell us what would you have done it differently? Because we want to get that feedback from you guys. Because like we said, this is super fun. We want to see where you guys are at with this stuff too. Thank you guys so much for tuning into the show. If you want to be part of the action, find us on Facebook. Uh, for players, check us out on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at smallballpodaz. Hop on Apple Podcasts and write us a review. That helps us so much. Don't forget to like and subscribe. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. We appreciate all of you guys tuning in and supporting Arizona Small Ball.